So basically what I'd like to talk about today is um, the all the different factors that get into um, ADHD. But before going there, I recently did a bit of a survey online and asked people if they would share with me some of their experiences when they found out about their ADHD. Here's some of the comments that they made. And their comments were, for me, I, it touched my heart. Uh, I, uh, I relate to them. In some cases, I hadn't had the same reaction to a latent life diagnosis of ADHD. So um, it was, it was um, interesting to see their perspective on it. So when they got their diagnosis as an adult, uh, the, the feeling of um, alone and unsupported by family and friends, some expressed that. The feeling around, at one hand, it was a relief, and another hand, it was a confusion uh, with regards to what was going on. So relief, confusion, desire to leap into action, solving everything, which is, I, I love that one. There was regret of not knowing earlier and what if they had known earlier, what would they, how would their lives have been different? Um, the, the knowing of, um, now they know their diagnosis, so where do they go from here? Do they announce it publicly? Do they talk about it? So that was another uh, interesting thing that came up. Um, and also the medication. And uh, for some that don't really like to take medication, uh, this, this was a hard one for them, for them because, um, you know, does that mean they have to be on meds for the rest of their lives? Um, how is that going to work for them and, and so forth? So that was um, some, of the, some of the highlights of, of the pains that I got to see out of the, the results of the survey. So for those that, that participated, I thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart for uh, giving uh, your voice to this um, and letting me hear about it. Um, so let's get into it. So there's that side that says, um, you have ADHD, welcome to the tribe and the club. And then there is the, the side that says, now what? What do we do? How do we do this? And some of us go into hyper uh, focus of research. Uh, for me, what happened with me was when I got diagnosed, um, it was a bit of relief, but at the same time, a bit of, um, well, not knowing what I didn't know really didn't change who I became overnight, if that makes any sense. So essentially what that means is I always had this brain. I was diagnosed in my 40-somethings. And so to be diagnosed at that age, um, I am already shaped who I am. I, I have lived a full life. I have experienced so many things. I have been one uh, to be... Um, you know, always taking risks and, and um, wanting to do more and never settling for just, you know, a simple life. So I was already going hard and fast, but deep inside, there was always something inside me that I was in search of. And there was always this, who am I question that was top of mind for me all the time. And that really, um, I think that answer came the day that I got my diagnosis. So the, the day that I did the assessment and the day that, you know, it came back with flying colors, your ADHD, um, it finally kicked in that, oh, I get it now. I take extreme risks. I like extreme 
um, activities. Uh, part of that is because of my ADHD brain. And I love that analogy of, you know, having a Ferrari for a brain and um, bicycle brakes for the brakes of the Ferrari. So if you can imagine that, that's pretty, um, it's pretty hard to stop a Ferrari. So knowing all of that, um, I have started this other journey of really living with intention and with extra curiosity about who I am and how I'm wired. So as I went down the journey of, of my coaching path, uh, there, there was one piece that, that really stuck out for me. And whether you're ADHD or not, the, these influences, the external influences that come at us all the time uh, really affect us um, in, in some capacity or another. And they're all connected to each other. So uh, everything has its place. Everything kind of is like a puzzle that's, that's moving and, and constantly uh, going till you find, oh, this, this piece fits over here and this is why it wasn't fitting over there because of this reason. So to me, these factors really affect us in so many levels. And as ADDers, um, our strengths are, we are really good with our creativity. We almost go into this superhero um, zone of genius where a normal brain um, doesn't go to this level that, that we go to. So um, our passion, our emotion, our creativity is really amplified, but then also it can be depleted and kind of reduced uh, with our, with our negative self-talk and you know, the, the other influences that come into play. So we can really crash really hard too, which is the extreme of, of the other side. I know someone uh, told me once my passion was the best asset of mine and also the worst asset of mine. So I, I totally get that now. So basically the, the factors that are in place are, there's the mental factors, the influencers, there's emotional uh, influences, there's physical, social, spiritual, and environmental. So there are six things that go into play, and these are all connected with each other. So at any point in time, they can really affect us. And if one is not aligned with the other, um, it can really deplete us and, and have an effect on us. So let's look at this a little bit further. So when we talk about spiritual um, I don't mean spiritual in a sense of, um, you know, spirituality only, uh, the, you know, faith and religion and so forth. Spiritual in the sense of what is your deep sense of purpose and who you really are. So when you connect the what you do and how you do it with who you really are, you, there's this beautiful harmony and, you know, some people will say, I'm in flow, um, or this creative genius comes out of you. And really, essentially, what's happening is that's you aligning yourself with your values, with your vision, with what drives you to get up in the morning. Um, so that part, when it's not aligned, it can have an effect on you. So as an ADD or again, if my values are not clearly defined, I'm going to get up in the morning and just kind of be all willy-nilly about my day and um, just not really feeling like, you know, I have a sense of purpose. But the minute I know what truly gets me up and motivated in the morning, 
then I'm that much more excited to show up differently because now I have a vision. I have a clear vision of the direction that I want to go to. So that's where vision boards come into play, um, where goal setting is important and also really understanding what keeps you motivated um, during the day and constantly be tapped into that. Uh, there's times where we know what our values are, but we don't practice them. We don't lean into them. We don't um, uh, look at them deeply. I had one client who talked about creativity and, and all of that. And, you know, the more we talked about it, the more she realized when was the last time she had done anything creative? And it was, you know, long time ago. So just taking one small step into doing something that aligns with your value, it just kind of has a ripple effect and wakes you up internally. So spiritual side from that perspective, look at deep inside and see what is, what is it that you want after you die? We all die. There's, you know, there's not a hidden secret here, but what do you want to leave behind? What do you want to be remembered for? And if that's the thing you want to be remembered for, and I hope it's something positive, what are you doing to get there? And, and what is that? How are you feeding into that all the time? So think about that. So spiritual has a major influence in that. The next one is your mental influence. So this is near and dear to all of us. There, and, you know, we, we hear about meditation and being present um, and all of that good stuff. For me, mental has a few things. It's um, the uncluttering of your mind and what you're, you know, the, the stuff that goes on in your head the positive self-talk that you give to yourself, celebrating your successes. So really being in tune with, wow, that was really good. I woke up, you know, I had a mission to wake up at 6 a.m. every morning and all of this week and every day, actually, I did a 6 a.m. wake up. So that is really exciting. And um, that fuels your brain as opposed to, oh, I'm such a loser. I can't wake up at 6 a.m. every morning. That will stay with your head and, you know, you go through that rumination and constantly thinking it over and over and over, which will take over everything else. So one way that I kind of do a practice when it comes to mental and really making sure I'm alert and on top of things is I purposefully, if I have a big project and if I have something that I really need to get done, I make it my mission to only do that one thing for a week or for that day or for a few days till it's done. We love to multitask. We love being everywhere and, and you know, being all over the place. And, and we, we think we're getting a lot done, but in reality, you're not really getting a lot done. And also you're stressing yourself out. So by the end of the night, you're depleted and you don't even know why. And part of that reason is, is that you've gone so hard and so fast that, that, you know, your brain is, is had enough. So it can't really keep up with you anymore. Um, so then that will have a ripple effect on your brain health the next day. Um, I know on days where some of us have felt like we've gone so fast and so hard, the next day there's really not enough brain juice to get you out of bed, to get you motivated for the next thing because you've depleted it I think I want to say like three times the regular brain. Um, I know on days where I'm really focused and hyper-focused, I can get 10 massive things done that, you know, a friend of mine will look at me and say, how did you possibly get all of that done in one day? But then 
you know, I feel great that, woo, look at me, superstar with, with, you know, achievements of the day. But for two days, it takes me two days to recover from a day like that. So and I know that for myself now to know that if I'm doing something, I need to be more present for that one thing um, and really engage and use all of my brain power to it. So, you know, you hear or went over that multitasking is actually not good. It, it's not something to be bragging about because you're actually not really doing much of anything to your brain. Um, it's true. Another thing about multitasking is that you're actually putting more stress on your brain. So it's especially when you're doing tasks that let's say you are listening to a podcast and you're cooking with a new recipe. The fact that you're cooking a new recipe does require you to pay attention to that new recipe and the instructions. So then you've got the podcast in the background, unless you're able to tune out the podcast and you have it in the background so that you can do your cooking. If that your brain operates that way, good on you. But for some of us, if we can't tune out the podcast in order to, you know, prep a new meal, that's creating stress for you right there. And it's unnecessary stress. You don't need to have that stress. So be mindful. When we talk about mindfulness, for me, at least the way it resonates for me is just one task at a time. Um, you know, being present with that particular thing that I'm doing. If it's a few tasks like doing the laundry and washing the dishes and, you know, couple of routine things that I, that I know I just don't even need to use my brain, then I'll multitask. But the minute I have to add a new thing, then I'm really trying to be focused to that, to that one thing. The other piece that's really important for, for us to realize is celebrating our successes, but then also journaling our successes. So, you know, the, the, the great uh, working memory is not always there. And as you get older, um, it's going to be harder and harder to remember everything. Um, so I, I know sometimes I ask, uh, you know, some of my clients, I'm like, tell me about a time when you had success doing X, Y, and Z. And they really draw a blank. They're like, I can't remember. And, you know, it takes a while, but then they'll come up with it. But having this success journal, it really helps you to, at a quick glance, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. It doesn't have to be anything um, long. Is knowing the times that you succeeded in something, write it down. Like if you were able to get from point A to point B without any directions, and you had some special technique to do that, um, write it down. What was it? What did you do differently that you were able to succeed at that task? Um, if you were able to clean the house from top to bottom in one day, how did you succeed in that? You know, was it because you broke things out in little chunks? Um, wh what worked for you? So the minute you start doing that, you're not only logging it, you're also creating a visual log in, in your brain too of saying, remember these things. These are the things I've done. So by repeating it back to your brain, you're, you're kind of putting a little imprint. You're putting your little success paw prints on it, if you will, that um, is going to help you as well. So I hope that was um, helpful with regards to mental um, side of things. So let's talk about emotional. So with emotional um, influence. This one again is, these are all um, just as important, but um, the one, th this one 
is, is quite, um, you know, it comes with a lot of power because a lot of us are highly, highly um, emotional and, and we have a hard time managing our emotions. There's articles and webinars and blogs about managing emotions and ADHD. So I, you know, I, I like this, these little emojis and truly it's like, you know, when you're sitting and looking up your emotions is what are you putting out there? And, um, what's happening? How are you choosing? Which emotion are you really choosing? So I know when I'm putting my emojis on my texts or messages or whatever, I'm always choosing which, which icon really represents this feeling. So I really connect with the emotion and then I choose which one I want to show up with. Um, easier said than done. Still a work in progress. I have no way, shape, or form have I mastered this yet. But at least now I know when I connect with it, I know where it's coming from. If it's coming from a place of victim, victimhood, judgment, if it's coming from a place of anger, um, or if it's coming, how can I change it then? to a place of compassion and joy and, you know, let, let's just let go of the outcome. It'll be whatever it is and not trying to fix the other person. So then when I'm choosing how I'm showing up, then really what's that helping is it disarms the other person. And it also gives you a bit of sense of relief and letting go. Uh, you know, this is not about the other person. This is not about you and I, like, I'm not taking it personally. I'm just, you know, letting the other person go through whatever emotion they're going through. They, God knows what other triggers they had. And you happen to be in front of them at that point in time. And, you know, you don't know what their day is like. So really managing emotions in a way that, um, you're responding instead of reacting. Um, when the person in front of you is coming from a place of anger, um, they will do everything in their power that they can to try to suck you into that energy ball. And because they, they want the company, they, they just want to, you know, have the conflict, they feed off of it. And of course, as ADDers, we have so much of that emotion to fuel into that conversation that man, it becomes this dynamic back and forth. So it's, it's that whole pause, connect with the emotion. What is it? Where is it coming from? choose the action. And every time you, you kind of almost, and it's nothing like that happens overnight. You just have to keep going and keep trying it and keep trying it till you get to that point of, um, you know, they call emotional intelligence where you really get wise and you tap into the other person as well and knowing what they're going through. And it's just not only about you, but it's also them as well. I know, you know, as, as a mom, I do that often with my toddler and it's, it's hard because there's, there's days where she tests everything in me. And, you know, some days I just have to walk away from the situation and she's sitting there bawling and freaking out. And I acknowledge her. I acknowledge the anger and the frustration she has. And, and I tell her that mommy's going to be right there, but you know, you have your emotions, like go through your emotions and she does. And then finally she comes back and usually she recovers pretty quick for now, but that could change. So that, that's another thing to, to look at and, and consider when it comes to emotions is at the end, you have the choice, the power to get you to that place of anger, anger, anger to higher power. That's all in you. The minute you react, you're giving that power to the other person. Um, so feeding into it, 
And I know it's hard because your brain has loved this bit of dopamine and adrenaline that comes from that, you know, those heated arguments and those heated discussions. But knowing where the emotion is coming from and how it's serving you um, is important. In, in, you know, places of work, especially if there's conflict there, um, having the understanding of what's the other person going through and coming from a place of, you know, there's no right or wrong. I don't have to win this conversation and nor should you. And it's, you know, what can we do for the greater good of everybody else? Cause then it starts to create that toxic work environment. And, and, you know, there's constantly that, and then that just spirals into something else. So being aware of the other person, avoiding the interpretations that go into your mind. We do that a lot. We, some of us go into this massive storytelling of what the other person felt, how they felt, why they did it without even asking or without even having a conversation. And we will ruminate with that for days. We'll sit with that for days. Meanwhile, the other person probably didn't even give two hoots about it and has moved on to their next thing. But you spend two days of just sitting there thinking about the whole thing. And I've, I've been there myself. There, you know, there, there's been times where I've been challenged uh, by certain people and it's taken me days to get over it. But now what I do is, is I really tap into it and say, okay, what's the emotion? How do I choose? Move forward. It could take me, it went from taking me days to now probably taking me hours. But um, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still able to, to manage it. Uh, so there, there's, there's that side also that, that comes in, right? So the emotion side of things and being able to tap into that. Then we get into the other factor that influences us as we go through these. So we talked about, let me just back up a little bit for, for some of us that are joining in. So we talked about the, the purpose of tapping into your purpose um, and really figuring out what are your values, what are your core beliefs, uh, and so forth, and really having a clear vision of where you want to go as opposed to just waking up willy-nilly, letting the day go by, and then figuring out, you know, why am I not excited about life and what's going on? So the connecting the what you do and how you do it to who you really want to be and what legacy you want to leave behind, that's truly um, one way that influences your yeah, mental wellness. The other thing we talked about was um, the mental side of things. So again, tapping into what's going on with my brain. Why am I feeling brain fog today? What's happening in there? Am I too cluttered? Am I trying to be two places you know, at once? And, and really honoring that your brain can only handle so much. And even though you have a Ferrari for a brain, there's days where you just need to just chill and say, you know what? Today it's a tricycle and I'm going to ride it like a tricycle and that's totally okay. So being present with the tricycle speed on days is, is also another way of, of really um, honoring that mental side of you. And, and again, the, the influencing that comes with that. And then we just talked about emotion and how connecting with your emotions and choosing which emoji you want to be that day is also really important. And just that subtle, subtle attention, paying attention to 
seriously, like when you're writing a text, you know, sometimes we just have verbal text diarrhea and we say whatever we want. But there's times where you're actually thoughtful about that text you're sending and you want to, you know, choose the right emoji for it. And really figuring it out that the way you're showing up emotionally not only benefits you, it also benefits the other person. So in the long run, it does affect. So the other piece to look into is around um, your physical health and the influence it has on your overall well-being as well. So this is one thing that I think um, with the with recent diagnosis for some of us is is we looked at you know where we hyper focus on the mental side of things and say um, okay what there's my brain doing this. There's, you know, what medication do I need? But then also how you've been living and how you've been taking care of this one vessel um, does affect everything else. So your body, that what you're putting inside it truly, truly affects your brain and what's happening with it. So for example, when you're looking at what you're eating, how exercise, how much exercise you're doing, what activities are you doing to really pump that heartbeat going, um, all of that really affects it. And, you know, the, the saying around put on the oxygen mask first before you take care of anybody else is so true. Um, as, as working moms, as professionals, as working dads, single dads, single moms, you know, if you have a family, you've got too many things going on, you also have Children with ADHD, because sometimes some of us get diagnosed uh, late in life because we find out that our child has ADD. So there's there's those folks. So, But what's happening is when you're going so hard and so fast, you forget that self-care. You forget that self-compassion and, and really looking at your body and saying, how is it showing up? Um, I know some, some of my, you know, the people that I've talked to, their eating habits have drastically changed. They find on the days where they're not drinking, um, they're really good and alert. Now, these are not like people that abuse alcohol, but just having a glass of wine and not having a glass of wine has made a huge difference for them. Um, so the physical side of you is so important to make sure you're tapped into that. The supplements you're taking, we don't remember, we don't have enough, we don't produce enough dopamine, we don't produce enough of that good, happy um, hormones to get us going through the day. So what other ways can you tap into that to supplement that uh, so that, you know, you're fueling that side as well. So those are some of the physical things that, that I think are, are important to, um, to honor and, and to look at how is it affecting you. So with that, let me move forward then to the next part, which is around social side. This one I, I have more than ever recently really enjoyed to be a part of. And, and I am actually quite the introvert. And for me, um, you know, I, you may think I'm an extrovert because I do public speaking and I've been a marketer for years and years and years. Um, but I'm, I'm an introvert. Uh, but I'm an expressive introvert, according to Myers-Briggs. So what that means is um, I make deep connections. And when I make those friendships, when I make those trustworthy friendships and meaningful connections, I hold on for dear life and I hold on to those people in my life 
um, for a long time. And, and you know, I've, I've had a handful of friends that I've kept for many, many years. And I keep those friendships strategically uh, for a reason. And I make sure that because when they get all of me, um, you know, I'm all in and I want to make sure that I get that back, that they're not there for their own benefit or, you know, so as long as our values are aligned and we have the same way of thinking about life, we can have diverse thinking, but at least our values, our core principles are the same. To me, that makes really deep connections. So I didn't go all out and tell everybody about my ADHD. I didn't publicly announce it to the world um, at first because I was cautious on the stigma that was out there, right? You know, there's the, oh, we all have ADD. I heard that one and I was quite offended by that because now that I knew what it meant and what it was all about, I didn't appreciate that because it was like, oh, you're undermining what's happening in my head. You have no idea. And then there's ones that want to argue with you. There's the ones that will say, well, it's, you know, pharmaceutical, uh, pharmaceuticals came up with it so that they could push Adderall down your throat. And that's so not the case. And so it's really, they don't have the understanding. They don't know what they don't know. So it's, uh, you know, I, my, my heart goes out to the LGBTQ community um, because I know that I, I have a few friends um, that, you know, are in that community. And the fact that they've lived with that all their lives and, you know, had to defend for themselves this is the same thing. I mean, I'm not saying, sorry, I'm not saying it's exactly the same thing, but the fact that when somebody doesn't know what you're going through, it's hard to relate for them. And somebody said it really well. That was, you know, when you're not part of the, what they know, uh, you become the target. So then they want to bully you because, you know, you're not the typical person, uh, you know, that's out there. You're not the same as everybody else. And when you're not the same as everybody else and you're different, you immediately become a target. And that is so true. And, and the bullying that went on when I was little, I remember that because I was, you know, in the playground, I was that super excited kid and I wanted to lead all the time. Um, but that was exhausting for some of my friends. They didn't know how to play with me because I was so passionate and so excited and just wanted to be there with everybody. So this, the social side of it is now as an adult, I pick and choose. So I don't go and, you know, in my hole and say I'm antisocial. I did that for a bit. I actually kind of isolated myself from a lot of people and I wouldn't go to activities. But now, now I go with the understanding that if I'm going to a networking event, I'm only going to talk to a couple of people and I'm not going to, you know, work the room as they say. And that's okay for me. I don't need to work the room. But the two people that I'll talk to, it's meaningful connection. I'll get to know who they are and I'll get to really deeply connect with them. Side note, I will also tell them that I won't remember their name the next time I see them, but I will make sure that they know that Kathy understood me. Kathy had a really deep conversation with me versus the, hey, what do you do and what's your name, right? So, and we've all been in those uh, kind of places. So again, surround yourself in social activities and social connections that uplift you, uh, that really make a difference. So connecting with my Instagram community, that has been amazing. I've come across some awesome people that inspire me daily. And, you know, there's been times where there's some that I unfollow because I realized, oh, we don't have the same values, but I don't need to fix you. Bless your hearts. You go your way, I go my way. 
And, you know, that's okay too. So that social piece, I think as ADDers, we have to really honor that we need the connection. We need it in, you know, maybe small dosage because sometimes it's, it's exhausting to, to constantly be on and connecting. And um, yeah, it, it, it really helps to uplift. So the other piece that, that's important to realize is um, another influential part is your environment. And really by environment, what this means is um, it's around um, seeing what's going on with you, seeing um, uh, what's happening with your, um, your office, your surroundings, with, um, with really, you know, the light, the day, the environment, and so forth. So I love this picture because whenever I actually look at a small child, um, from my own daughter, she looks at rain like it's like this magical thing that's coming from the sky. Um, she looks at the rainbow like truly like the way she reads or I read about rainbows and unicorns for her in her book. Um, you know, where for us, it actually in, in my city, last summer we had you know, we had the fires, we had the wildfires, and it was just a lot of smoke throughout um, all of the summer last year. And everybody was bitching and complaining about, oh my God, the smoke, the smoke. Um, we still decided to take a family vacation and go to the lake. Coincidentally, that weekend, there was no smoke. But, you know, we said, okay, smoke or not, let's just go to the lake. I need to be near water. I love the water. And for me, I, I needed to do that. So it's really about it's not, you know, you can't stop the rain, but you can control your reaction and approach to, to the factors that are around you in your environment. So if you're in a, in a noisy environment at the office, have that conversation with your boss and say, look, I have to get something done. You know my work ethic because we all have amazing work ethics. That's one thing about 80 years, and I'll challenge anybody that'll say otherwise. When we love what we do, we are all heart in and we're in it. Um, to the bitter end. So if you're in that right role, your boss be open that your boss will be open to that. Your leader will see that as a great, you know, what can I do to make this better for you? Because you're already a shining star. How can I help you, you know, to even become that, you know, brighter star that you are. So have those conversations around your environment. If you need to be in a quiet place, for two hours, you tell them, I need to be two hours just jamming in my headphone with my, you know, with my noise blockers or whatever you have, and just, I need to focus. Um, be your own advocate about your surroundings. For me, uh, being close to body of water is so important. And I actually, this year, I haven't been to a lake or close to any body of water, and I really need it, and I can crave it. Um, so, so something, I, I have to do something in the next uh, few weeks about that. And that will just fuel me for, for weeks on end. Some of us like, uh, like, for example, I can't have my desk in front of the window. So I can't have the light, natural light coming at me. It really bothers me. So whenever I'm in meetings, whenever I'm in settings where the natural light is coming at me, I sit the opposite side. I ask somebody to move spots with me. If I'm a, at a family gathering that, you know, can, can we switch spots? If I'm in a meeting where I need to really dedicate myself to that person, I make sure that my eyes are pointing to the wall so that I can only see the person on the wall. 
and not to the person and the window and the noise that's going on behind them because I'll get distracted. Um, I have a staring problem, <laughs> you could say. And, and that's just my ADD. That, that's how it works for me. So knowing those things is really important to know, oh, this is how I am. And these are all the environmental factors that I can change about me. Um, essential oils. I have to have, you know, something diffusing when I'm trying to concentrate. It, it helps me calm down. If I am trying to read a book or actually do a PowerPoint presentation like today, I actually had a podcast in the background. So for me, the noise, the distraction that's out, like that side or that constant conversation that was happening was helping me to focus on my task at hand. And that's just the way my brain works. It doesn't mean that, you know, I know there, there's some ADDers out there that like, oh my God, I can't have any noise around me while I'm concentrating. So, you know, not everybody has their own, uh, you know, the same, but know what yours is and truly um, respect it and be an advocate for it. Environmental factors, again, that all comes into play. So we went through them all. So we talked about spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, environmental, social. I'm going to pause for a second here. We have about 15 minutes left. Let me just um, ask um, if, if any of you want to unmute yourself to um, ask something or, or make a comment, if any of this is resonating with you. I believe the bottom left side of the screen, you can unmute yourself or you can type in the chat and ask a question or a comment or type in the chat and I can unmute you. Um, and, uh, you know, we have 15 minutes left. We can kind of banter back and forth if you like. So totally up to, to you guys how you want to go about it. But basically, so this tool, as I'm talking, feel free to unmute. I like about this visual is that on a given day, if I'm feeling a bit off and something is going on, what I mentally do, because now I've kind of memorized it, is I look at this and say, okay, in this situation I'm in, where is it from, you know, from one to 10 on the mental, emotional, physical? I go through the whole wheel. And then the higher the number is, the more satisfied. So then I know, okay, that I don't need to address. It's not a mental thing that's coming up. It's not an emotional thing. Oh, it's a physical thing. What does that look like? Did I not eat all day? Maybe because I didn't eat all day, um, that's affecting everything else. So they're all connected and interlinked. And so when you look at that and figure out which one is kind of off, um, then you go in and, and tap into that. If it's environmental, if all day you've been sitting at your desk, even though you've been multitasking on different things, but you've been seated for your entire day, that's not good. You need to get up. You need to move. You need to circulate. Your body needs to, we're not meant to be sitting behind a desk all the time. That's our DNA or, or who we are was not meant to just sit all day in one place and stare at the computer. That's why like with this webinar is, you know, I hope you're walking around because you don't have to look at the screen the whole time or doing things because, you know, it's, it's not good to be seated for that long. So again, this, this is a way of checking in uh, very quickly, figure out where you are, which influencer is blocking you, what's happening with you. If it's spiritual, which we talked about values and your purpose, if you've lost that, what does that look like? When was the last time you did something Fun, something exciting that got you motivated to get up in the morning. Um, so it's a nice little gauge 
to do uh, weekly, daily, whenever you're in a complete, because I know those peaks and valleys of ADHD come into play big time. So when that happens, when you're in that, you know, valley of the, I'm tired of this brain, I can't do it anymore. Check in with this, check in and see what's going on with you and, and figure out where you need to shift and adjust. So friends with that, I hope, um, this gave you a different perspective on how to, um, look at your ADHD, how to quickly kind of, you know, go through that scan and figure out what part is, is, uh, you know, off kilter a little bit. I hope uh, some of it was a repeat from other things you, you've listened to. You know, it, it's the constant reminder is good for the brain. It's, it's always good to kind of hear from different voices, different faces. And with that, I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this webinar today. And thank you so much for your support all the time and for, for making me feel like, hey, I'm not the only one. There's others like me. So I, I truly appreciate that. So thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day and keep on shining. Talk to you later.